When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, that's really bad. The Raptors lose to the Pistons 129 to 127. Since the Pistons coming into this game on a 28 game losing streak, tied for the worst in all of the NBA, the Raptors have the unique pleasure or unique horrific, you know, ability to claim that they have lost to one of the worst teams of all time. That's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. They lost to one of the worst teams in not only just this year, just in like the recent handful of years. Oh, man. I That game sucked, dude. And get this. The Raptors shot 50% from three in this game. 50% they shot, and they lost against these Pistons. Now, do we want the caveats early? We can have some caveats. First one. Obviously, they made a big trade earlier today. If you're interested in trade talk stuff or trade reaction stuff, there's a podcast for that. I did it with this Fandiar and Trey, if you want to do that. But the outcome of the trade, you know, all the stuff going forward, that's been talked about. But the caveat is obviously that uh, Precious wasn't there. OG wasn't there. Malachi wasn't there. And in a game where the Raptors, their bench got shellacked, you know, Thad Young gave you some, like, interesting minutes. They still lost his minutes a bunch. Uh, you know, maybe you could have used a couple more guys on the bench. Turns out uh, Jalen McDaniel's mad dash towards, like, fantastic uh, bench player play wasn't at, didn't have the staying power that we might have thought it did after the little run against the Celtics. I guess he's not that guy necessarily. Oh, man. I just defense is important it's half the game the raptors seem to have very little care for it the pistons are not world beaters you know bogdanovich it's not even like he has a crazy game from downtown he goes two for six but he shoots 50 percent kevin knox shoots 50 percent and gives you 17 jalen duran over 50 percent cade 45 percent like Asar, two of four. Alec Burks, he gives you four of six. James Wiseman is a plus in the plus minus for the first time in a long time. He's got eight, three blocks, four boards in 13 minutes in short order. The Raptors couldn't contest with like okay guards. And in some sense, like bad guards, they weren't able to hold it down defensively. They couldn't manage to guard bigs. Another game, like, Pirtle plays at least over 25 minutes in this one. But, my God, four points, four. And (laughs) Scotty finishes with 22 on 20 shots, only two assists. He really was not – he wasn't really affecting the game until, like, the last seven minutes or so. 
Pascal, I thought, was the Raptors' best player tonight. He had 35, 5, and 4. Really efficient. Gary had 24. I mean, you're not getting that very often. He was 6 and 9 from downtown. Schroeder shot 60% from the field, 61. He had 30 points, 9 assists, 1 turnover. And the Raptors couldn't win that game. My God, man. Terrible. Horrible. What's this team doing? Is there like, there's, it's no care in the world for defense at all. Why? And it's not even like, I can't even point to, you know, the pet actions that the Pistons ran that should make the Raptors like stress and freak out and play, you know, bad defense. Like a lot of the stuff that they made shots on besides the free throws towards the end was just like a, a pick and roll. The one that Cade hit the three on towards the end, Scotty and Pearl just completely messed up the coverage. Scotty left him alone. They doubled the roller and left Cade wide open above the break. Wide open. And then, again, they blew the coverage. Then they had to bring the guy over from the next man over, and then they make a three. And it's like, why can't you guys just stick on a pick and roll? I understand, like, in the Celtics game when they had their good stretch of defense, it's because they're switching. but. If your team is not able to be like connected enough to play together outside of just switching, because switching is the easiest thing to do. It's the easiest thing to do. And the Raptors can't even run baseline pick and roll coverage. Why? Why is that the case? And then, you know, like they put Dennis on Cade and that was better than Scotty on Cade, but then they get a, a cross match and then Cade gets to flatten out on Scotty give him that little forearm shiver, hit the fader in the middle of the lane. And then we're doing free throws. We're in the free throw game. And the Pistons, they're a lot better at free throws than the Raptors are, even on a night where the Raptors shoot 82%. The Pistons shot 87.5%. They got a few more offensive rebounds than the Raptors, but the Raptors, for the most part, like they shot better from the field. They shot better from three. They made a lot of free throws in this game. They had an okay amount of assists. Offensively, the Raptors figured it out for the most part after having a really tough start to the game, led by Pascal, who missed a couple shots late, obviously. You know, the one layup and then also the one turnaround, I think, in the last three minutes, hit the three late. But they just couldn't find offense early on when they were defending a little bit more, not very well. And then once the offense started clicking, they just couldn't get stops. It, it was as easy as just like the Pistons. You can see James Wiseman. This has kind of been something he does anywhere. He'll run up the floor. James Wiseman is very uncomfortable trying to find his spacing and his spots in the half court. He has a tough time playing off of guards. How does he guarantee that he gets touches and points? Beat other bigs up the floor or get like early seals or get offensive rebounds. How are you letting this guy beat you down when you know he's not going to hurt you in the half court, really? Right? How is this th How is this the case? How do you let this guy get his game off? That's, you can't have that. My God, man. And like Jalen Duran coming in, outplaying Pirtle. How many centers are going to outplay this guy? How many do we need to see? Walker Kessler? Is that okay? Jalen Duran, who I like but is young, is that okay? You know? 
anybody, Nemius Cato, who needs to come off the bench and beat Pirtle in a matchup that makes you say, like, Pirtle, what's going on, man? What's happening here? Is it like, was the context that important last year? Was Fred Van Vliet the center whisperer? I like Fred's game. I don't think it was that big a deal. How has the context swung this far? Answer, it probably hasn't swung this far. Pirtle is playing well below where he should be. It's tough, man. It's so tough. We'll get the feckless drop. It's feckless, man. It's feckless basketball. Um... Ryan L. says the worst performance tonight is the viewer-to-like ratio. Hell yeah, hit that like button. It helps suggest it to other people, helps promote the work, and it's free for anybody who's listening. This game was so... It's just... This is kind of how I feel about a lot of these games that they end up losing. I see what they're failing to do defensively. And they do the same thing every game. Every single game. To the point that they're just a bad defense. And tonight, there's no OG, and OG, even on his worst night, is still, like, marginally positive. But this is a team that's late getting to the nail to dissuade drives. This is a team that's late rotating out. This is a team that messes up their coverages when it's, like, at the level of the screen. This is a team that messes up their coverages on the back end. I saw a couple, like, appeal switch, and I was like, nice. They execute appeal switch. I saw a couple next rotations. I was like, nice. They did a next rotation, but they were just as likely to bungle it. They can't, they just don't play with intention. They don't play with intensity. There's what is the like Arsenal fan TV? No passion, no aggression, no vision, whatever it is, man. They're not able to do it. Why? Why? My God, there's enough defenders on this team who have played good defense elsewhere under the umbrella of these Raptors, for some reason, they just don't. Why? Mel says, this is a bad team. That's nothing new. I wish I could, you know, here's the thing. I got to talk about this team after every game. And people come watch, and it obviously it provides something to people. This is my job. I have to lay out the things that they fail at every single time. I can't just call them bad. I have to say what went wrong. I have to say why. And we have to talk about the same things over and over again. I can't sit on my hands and just wait until trade X or trade Y. We got to talk about what this team is failing at. And unfortunately, they're fa- like players are failing at things that they haven't failed at in the past. Nesta says, Pat Bev had it right. There's no dog on this team, but he meant actually the coaching staff. Do we think it's Darko? I wonder, like I see a lot... Um, I see a lot of people say it's Darko. And I don't think Darko is maximizing the team. But when I look at how poorly this team is performing, I just can't look past the players. And, like, this team was constructed in an odd way. This team was constructed in a way that it's not necessarily complementary. And hopefully after this trade... They've reshuffled the lineup. I don't want to talk too much about it. You know, we're talking about the game tonight. There should be more positivity and all that kind of stuff going forward. But when you can't guard the Pistons, man, that's not the coach. That's you guys not guarding the Pistons. When Cade is banging a three on your head in clutch time 
because you your guy guarding him just leaves him alone in clutch time. That's not the coach. After every game, I see people blame Darko, and I don't think Darko has hit it out of the park this season at all, but he's not out there, man. He's not out there. And the difference between the Raptors, who have been like a bottom third defense in the NBA over this last however many games, they've been really bad. I don't think Darko can just like coach them up. Play good, fellas. We're going to do it this way. I don't think so, man. These guys got to take a little bit of pride. You got to like look at the NBA player across from you. Understand he can get a bucket on you with screen help or without it. You know, you got to be you got to stick your guy every once in a while. And if you can't stick your guy, communicate with the guy on the other end of the action. If you're guarding in two-man or three-man concepts, make sure that you communicate it depending on how you guard it. There's different ways to guard every action. You know, James says most of these guys can't defend. When did that become the case, right? Scotty Barnes, DPOY consideration. I know a lot of people in this comment section were talking about it at the start of the year, right? Pascal Siakam had been a strong defender for a very long time, has certainly not been very engaged lately. Yaka Pertle, defense at the center position was his calling card. You know, Dennis Schroeder, I had a lot of fans tell me that his point of attack defense was going to be a big deal this season. Jalen McDaniels, when he got signed, people told me a preeminent, like a great biannual exception signing, 3 and D guy. Otto Porter Jr. is supposed to be able to hang in. So is Thad Young. Just And like before this, when they were playing bad with like OG Ananobi in the lineup, who's an all-defense level defender. These guys can guard. Why aren't they guarding? Why can't you stick your man? Why can't you rotate quicker to the nail to make sure that the pickup point is higher? If Isaiah Livers and Bojan Bogdanovic can play help side, nail help defense on Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes in the first half, make them pick up their dribble earlier so that they can't do a barrage at the rim and take them out of their element for half the game. Why can't you do the same to like Jaden Ivey? Why? Are these guys not capable? It's just tough. How do you do that, man? I can't believe this team's defense sometimes. I can't believe it, man. It's and like credit to Scotty for figuring it out with like seven minutes left in the game, but he was a passenger the whole game. This game, I don't know if it matters more to the fans and the players, but how do you not look at this, you know, this team, the Pistons, know that you were sitting on the precipice of history and that you will be remembered as like you lost to one of the worst teams of all time. You can't frame it any other way. You you just can't. And Devin Turner says, I don't think they watch film as a team. They do, man. I mean, sometimes when I'm like at the, you know, courtside pregame, I can see guys go through their individual film, but these guys watch film as a team. These guys, they see each other like every day. Lewis Satsman says, you're a really bad therapist. This is heartbreaking. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. Mel says, Kevin Knox played above his head. He did. Man, that little jab series he pulled off on Pascal uh, and then cashed that three. He had some really nice drives. Yeah. Nesta says, but this franchise also beat the 72 and 10 Bulls, though. They did. And we were hearing about that win for like 20 years. The Pistons are going to remember these Raptors for years and years and years and be like, they lost to us. 
we were waiting on wings for three months that season. It's just like losing this game, tough. Fellas, you got to have a little bit of pride. You're the better team, even with that trade. You know, a few people, Coco, uh, I don't remember who else said it, but like no caveats early on in the podcast. No caveats. You can't lose to this team. That's not acceptable. And you win if you take it seriously, if you go from the start, if you don't like rest on your laurels and let the hole develop, screw up the coverages late in game, whatever you're doing, none of it leads to success. Pascal goes ballistic for like 20 points in the third quarter, completely figures out the way that the Pistons want to play him, has a really great idea of where the help is coming from, is timing the help based on like three in the key, is timing the help based on the weak side action, like whether it's a pin in or whether there's a lift or like a, a pin down coming over the top, right? He's timing when he's going to drive. Really clever stuff. Plays in transition. Unlocks the game. And on the other end, they can't get a daggone stop, man. What are we doing here? That's the that's like the quarter that's supposed to, okay, we came back into this thing. We found our way. Nope. They couldn't find their way because they couldn't get a stop. And while Darko deserves, you know, choose the amount of blame you want to give him. I think, uh, I just think like that's tough, man. Darko, I'm sure there's some things he could be doing better, but the, sometimes the game is on the court, not on the whiteboard. And that's just like when you lose to a historically bad team, the game is on the court, not the whiteboard. The good news is, obviously, that the Raptors begin anew with new players, with a new look, with a reshuffled lineup, with, I think, some, especially quickly, I'm very, very excited about. And, you know, I'm excited to see Dennis on the bench leading guys who were really not able to create their own shots, their own looks tonight. I think that for a bench guard, Dennis will be able to um, will be able to provide, I think, a little more help to those guys defensively and offensively. I'm excited to see quickly pair along with um, with Scotty, most importantly. And Pascal, I mean, over the last however many games, I think... Uh, he, he's been really strong. Whatever happens with his future with the Raptors, I don't know. Um, Devril Lawrence says, bro, why are you always towing the line? Call it like it is. Do you guys just want me to like curse and swear and call names? Is this podcast not like hypercritical? Are you listening to the words I'm saying? Just because I'm saying like it, say what they're doing wrong in basketball terms instead of saying like they're trash doesn't mean this isn't criticism. You guys are listening, right? Like this is all criticism, all of it. You know, just because Feckless doesn't hit as hard for you is like me saying these guys are trash. They're bums. They shouldn't get money. Whatever, whatever, like shock jock radio stuff comes out. Is this not all criticism? I'm not towing a line, brother. I like nobody's towing a line here. I think sometimes I just need to use harsher language, but like to connect. But I'm just describing what happens on the basketball court, you know? Complaining about nail help is the same as saying trash. I'm just saying it more specifically. And I hated the nail help. God, I hated the nail help. They didn't got a lick of it, man. They can't help but the nail. They put Pirtle in these tough positions. He's not been good enough to get himself out of it. 
he hasn't been able to set the edge on these screens. He hasn't been like super, super dynamic at the bottom of the at the bottom of the defense. These guys, they can't stick at the point of attack. Um, Jewel says over under 20 games before we're starting IQ. Um, this was the joke I made when I was on the Raptors show with Blake. I think like at maybe like 3 p.m. today. If they're not starting IQ, I'm sitting down in front of them every single game in the press room and asking why they aren't. You got if if they start Dennis over Emmanuel quickly, what are we doing? What like what are we doing? They have to start Emmanuel quickly. You have to make a bet on the future at some point in time. And now that you have a guard that isn't Malachi Flynn, Emmanuel quickly, I think a lot of people in the chat and I think a lot of people the sentiment I saw, a lot of people believe in his potential stardom. And if not potential stardom, I think at least like a very strong guard for these Raptors. People think he has more to give than what he was giving in New York. And I think that's almost consensus. I've seen that from analysts all across the league. A lot of people liked that trade for the Raptors. And so if you're not putting that guy in the starting lineup, completely unforgivable to me. I'd be in there. I'd be annoying. They'd be like, you're asking this again. Like, I can't make them change anything, obviously. They don't care. They're a private company. It doesn't matter. This isn't politics. I can't say like, hey, the constituency is going to remember this. I don't know. But yeah, man, it's uh, he should be starting. I would have loved to see him play tonight. That's that's what I was hoping for. You know, and if anybody wants like the best Emmanuel quickly piece around, go to RaptorsRepublic.com. Um, Lewis wrote just an absolute banger of a piece. He had it out with like an hour in an hour of the trade, and it will be the most in-depth look anybody will have through the first two weeks of his time as a Raptor. So big shout out to Lewis for that. You can go read that for the the in-depth look. Oh, man. And the crazy thing, like Dennis played a good game today, offensively anyway. Defensively, I don't know, man. The, I, it's hard to look at any part of this defense and say it's working. Even like... Pascal is so far gone as far as like being a backline helper. He plays on the perimeter a lot more, so it's not as bad, but like he he's pretty dormant as a backline helper. And even like he had some perimeter possessions on like Kevin Knox or Bogdanovich where he's like sticking them, shuffling feet. They throw something up there, it falls in. Even when they play good defense, the ball falls in. And they play good defense on like six possessions a game, man. At least in this one. It's been so bad lately. Ugh. Otto Porter Jr. had like nothing. He had two personal fouls and an assist. He didn't even take a shot. Thad had a little rumble and tumble. Yeah. It's uh it's tough. Uh Coringer says they're not playing for Darko. They had no defense with those guys. That's that's the most if Darko is at fault for this. I think that would be the reason that somehow he's lost the room. But I, as much as I've been around the team or ask people around the team or talk to people, um, I haven't heard something like that. I it'd be tough to speculate that you know what that is. But I tell you this much: uh, I don't think you can scheme your way out of this game from the coaches thing. Commando Striker says, as usual, Canada L lol, my brother. If I was a fan of another team and 
you know, I enjoyed life and I did things and I found myself hate watching a stream of an opposing person, I would just need to find something better to do personally. But if this is your idea of fun, good Lord, I feel bad for it. But that's that's a tough that's a tough post game ritual, I think, you know, just festering and like negativity. But, you know, I'm kind of festering in it right now, to be, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. And I feel like uh, maybe uh, festering a little bit too much. My goodness, man. Uh, I'm going to let everybody hang on to the uh, the post-game uh, comments from the players. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the podcast a little bit early. Jordan asks, how confident were you in the Raptors winning 1-100 to before the game? 32, man. Uh, especially once the trade had happened. I was like, oof, I guess we'll see. But even once and once you're in it and you see like who the Pistons are playing and you see like a guy like Isaiah Livers, who I kind of like a guy like, you know, there's a million different players who you can kind of convince yourself and say, like, I kind of like them on the Pistons, but none of them uh, are like no brainers. Right. None of them. And it's tough. It's tough and it's difficult. And to lose to a team that isn't very good and is historically bad. And that's what happened. Um, Aubrey Losojo says, what's sad is everyone knew we'd lose to them and we're predicting it. Yeah. I don't know what like the the betting line was. I don't know what the, the money was saying. But I saw because like the money is how people actually feel maybe. Whereas like people are getting jokes off. You know, I made I, I had a tweet that this was going to be the worst game of all time last night about this game and like people are getting jokes off so you don't know if that's real because maybe i'm just getting jokes off but if the money says that like people actually expect the pistons to beat the raptors then that does not speak well of the raptors oh my days uh more positive podcasts to come in the future let's say that yeah that feels like a, a good place to leave it there is Ali Dez says, my son texted me when the force started, quote, I knew it would be us, end quote. That's the thing, man. Um, I don't know what percentage of NBA franchises have like that, oh, like the doomerism uh, thing going on, like the Raptors definitely do. I, you know, there's like Lakers exceptionalism that people talk about. And like, it's like a off branch of American exceptionalism. Just imagine it the exact same way, just encased in the NBA. And uh, yeah. I don't know how many teams are like making jokes uh, about like being the team that they lose. I don't know what that was, but it ended up being the Raptors. Yeah. Aubrey Losojo says so much Canadian happiness dependent on poor IQ being good. LOL. I have a friend. Um, <laughs> T, he was making this joke about how uh, Masai, he said Masai signed Dennis Schroeder so that everyone's uh, expectations would be lowered for point guard play so that we would over-celebrate getting Emmanuel quickly as like a godsend. And I don't, I don't look at it that way, but that's a really funny like turn of phrase to be funny about it um, because he had always been very critical of Dennis so far this year, and I thought that was a really funny way to frame this situation. Even though I disagree, that's just a bit of funniness. Um. That feels like a podcast, probably. Uh, you can like the video. It'll help spread it to other people who, if they want to get in on this uh, cynical podcast, this doomerism, whatever it is, uh, 
I think it's David Lynch, right? It's a great time to be alive if you like the theater of the absurd. <sighs> and um, if you want to support the website, which if you look at the RaptorsRepublic.com website, as far as like analysis on RJ Barrett, on Emmanuel Quickly, and the trade, probably more substantial than even like Sportsnet put out today. Um, it's independent media. That's what we do. And part of that, a huge part of that, is the fact that um, we have a paywall and we have a subscription base. So if you have the means in the holiday season, you want to spend a couple extra bucks on supporting writers who support writers, who support, you know, a diverse set of writers who don't do like, you know, the internship thing to get into the media. It's a, it's a good place to put it. That's all I'll say. Okay. I won't see you guys till the new year. Just have a great rest of your year. Try not to think about this basketball team. Try not to think about this game. For those who got into this uh, live, thank you for always being insightful, entertaining, and thoughtful, and engaging. Uh, it makes this way better. And for those people listening afterwards on like a walk, your dog, your kid, just by yourself, whatever, a little mental health stop. I hope I didn't make it worse. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks to everybody for tuning in. Whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye. We got a podcast.